Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm going to continue now with our series, The Helper, talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm going to jump back to John 14, and I'm going to pick that. I'm going to come on up to John 16 and pick up where I left off two weeks ago. But I, I got to thinking about it, and I thought, you know, we were so excited about this series, we just kind of jumped into the middle of it. And I don't know that we really took time to kind of set the, the foundation for it. So I'm going to read a couple of verses from John 14, just comment a minute, and then move into John 16. So John 14, verse um, 16 says, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And then in verse 26, it says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit. So he identifies who the helper is. He's the Holy Spirit. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I'm just going to comment on that, then we'll jump to John 16. So Jesus is this whole section of Scripture, John 14, 15, 16, and 17, are, are just kind of this marathon teaching that Jesus gave his disciples just before his crucifixion. And so he is just pouring it on to them, and, and, he, at the, and, he, and much of what he talks about is the working of the Holy Spirit. And so he says, I'm going to go away, but another helper is going to come to you. And the word helper there in the Greek is parakletos, and it means one who comes alongside to help us in time of need. And um, and the old King James translated it as the comforter, another comforter. And I actually like that. I think it's a beautiful um, translation, but I think it kind of loses something in our modern vernacular because comforter, when it was translated, meant helper, strengthener. But now it just kind of, I think we kind of have the idea of someone putting their arm around us and patting us and saying, oh, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And it's more than that. It's someone who gives us strength, who empowers us, who teaches us, who guides us. And and so that's, that's what the parakletos meant. But Jesus used an adjective. He said, another helper. And when he said another, what he was basically saying was another of the same kind. So he was saying, I'm going away, but someone else is going to come that's going to take my place. Someone just like me, and he's the Holy Spirit. And so it's, it's, we're not, we haven't lost anything. Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God, just like Jesus. And he came to take Jesus' place. And of course, the benefit is he's not limited in space and time. He can be everywhere at once. And he not only can be with us, but Jesus said he will be in us. And that's in the next passage that we're going to read. So now I'm going to jump to John 16. And we're going to go to verse 12. I, the, two weeks ago I spoke and I did, I did the preceding verses. Now we're going to start at verse 12. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he... The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. 
and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. This is Jesus speaking. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So verse 12 to me is an amazing verse. I've pondered on that verse for off and on many, many years, actually. But Jesus is, he said, there's stuff I want to teach you, but I just can't do it. You just can't get it right now. And, and he, he had tried, but, he, but they were not getting it. And so what was it he was trying to teach that they couldn't get? Well, I think that the scripture that he, that the, the, the following scriptures unfold what it was, and it had to do with himself. He had actually tried on several occasions to tell the disciples about his crucifixion and his resurrection, and, and they just couldn't get it. I mean, they couldn't even get the idea that it was going to happen, much less any implications that it meant. They just, they just absolutely could not get it. And so he had tried to tell them about himself, about his crucifixion, about his resurrection, about his ascension, but, but they, just, they just, like I said, they just couldn't get it. And so he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to teach you about that. So the... The Holy Spirit, he says, is going to declare to you about me. And what that means is he's going to, he's going to show it to you. He's going to unfold it. He's going, to, he's going to bring it to life. He's going to bring it to light. He's going to light it up for you. He's going to help you understand the things. And really what he's saying is, is about me. He's going to help you understand about me. So what was it about Jesus? Well, his crucifixion, for one thing. That, that he, when, when Jesus died to the disciples, he was just dead. But and later they realized, no, he wasn't just dead. He died for their sins. But even more than that, he died with their sins. And they were crucified with him. They, they came to realize, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with him. My old man is dead. My old man is buried they realized that later, but then they couldn't get it. They realized later the power of his resurrection, that to live is Christ. They realized that, that, that with, with Christ, the, the life of Christ came and lived inside of them, but they didn't see it then. And they recognized later the, the authority of the ascension of Christ. When Christ went to, when he ascended, it says he was seated at the right hand of God the Father, and that's a picture of his authority. And so they realized that all later, but at this point, they absolutely could not get it. In fact, it's amazing to me that, that Jesus, after his resurrection, spent 40 days through the Spirit teaching the disciples about, him, about the kingdom of God. And yet, so here, now just picture this. Post-resurrection Jesus, this is the resurrected Jesus, spends 40 days teaching the disciples through the power of the Spirit. And then right before he has ascended, the disciples, I don't know which one asked, maybe they all did, but one of them at least said, Jesus, are you going to at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And I can just imagine Jesus thinking, oh no, <laughs> well they, they still don't get it. I hear I am resurrected. 
I've been teaching for 40 days, and they still don't get it because at that point, what they were still thinking of was the restored kingdom of Israel. They were thinking of the glory days of David and Solomon, and and they were thinking, finally, the Messiah is going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And so it's amazing to me that Jesus, here he is in John 16, before his crucifixion and resurrection, saying, I really want to teach you some things, but you just can't get it. And then, after his resurrection, he teaches them for 40 days, and they still didn't get it. And I, I, can, I can only imagine what Jesus must have been thinking, like, oh no, is this all for naught? But, but he said, you know what, just go wait on the promise of the Father. And he left. He ascended into heaven. Ten days later, just ten days later, they got it. Ten days. Jesus had taught for 40 days. Through the Spirit, they didn't get it. Ten days later, they got it. What was the difference? Well, the difference is that they were all gathered together in one accord, in one place. And a sound filled the room where they were sitting. And tongues of fire came and set upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so Peter stood at that moment and preached an amazing sermon. And what did he preach about? He preached about the crucifixion of Jesus. He preached about the resurrection of Jesus. And he preached about the ascension of Jesus. <laughs> and he got it. Peter got it. After he was filled with the Spirit, he got it. And that was the difference. Jesus had said, I really want to teach you this, but you just can't get it yet. But when the Holy Spirit came, boom, they got it. And we know they got it because of the sermons that they preached and the epistles that they wrote. Because what the epistles are basically is just an unfolding of the revelation of who Jesus is, who Jesus was, and what Jesus did. That's really what the epistles are, that he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we could be dead to sin and live to righteousness. That's Peter. He's, he's, he got it. Peter got it. And so the point is, is that what Jesus, and, and I mean, it's almost hard for us to imagine that Jesus could not do it. And it really wasn't that he couldn't do it, but they just couldn't get it yet. They, he, they couldn't get the truth. They couldn't even get the idea that he was going to be crucified, much less what it meant. But after 10 days of waiting and then getting filled with the Spirit, they got it. The Holy Spirit was their teacher. He taught them. He brought it to light. He revealed to them the truth about Jesus. And so that's what I want to talk about as the Holy Spirit, our teacher. So we also now have the same privilege of being taught by the Holy Spirit. We, he is our teacher so Peter said in his sermon that I mentioned in Acts 2, in verse 39, he said, this promise 
isn't just to you, but it's to your children and their children and their children to generations to come. And so the promise of the coming Holy Spirit is for all generations until Jesus returns. And so we today have that blessed hope of being filled with the Spirit and being taught by the Spirit. Now, I don't know that, in fact, I don't think that we actually have the same kind of revelation that they did in that they were writing Scripture. I mean, they were getting this full revelation, and then they were putting it down into Scripture. But we are taught, and we do, we, we do receive revelation from the Spirit. The, um, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, it, it, uh, it's a beautiful passage of Scripture, and I'm not going to steal Pastor Winmar's thunder from next week, but uh, he's preaching from that passage next week. But, but I just want to mention one part. Can I do that? <laughs> I just want to mention one part. But, uh, but the Apostle Paul is praying for the Ephesian people, and, um, and, and by proxy, he's praying for us. And he says, I'm praying that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And then he says that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. And some translations say flooded with light. The eyes of your heart will be flooded with light. And the Greek word there is photizo. And I think you can see the connection, photizo, photography. And, and, and I, I don't know about digital photography, but the old-fashioned film photography, there was, there was a flash of light. And, and, and the image was imprinted on, on the film. And that's the picture that God's giving us here of the Holy Spirit comes with this illumination, this flash of, excuse me, flash of light, and, and the, the image of God's truth is imprinted deep on our spirits that we have, the Holy Spirit teaches us from the inside out. In 1 in Corinthians 2, Paul pretty much echoed what Jesus said when he, he talked about Jesus being um, that when he was crucified, that the rulers of this world, they didn't understand what they were doing. If they would have, they would have never crucified him. And he said, well, it's not, it's not wisdom of this age, but it is a wisdom, but it's a spiritual wisdom. It, it's, um, it's a hidden wisdom that's coming to light. And I love this passage. It says in verse 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So it's going back to what Jesus said. I, I want so much to tell you, but you can't get it. And that's exactly what Paul's saying. Humanly, we can't get it. Everybody listening to me today, probably, I can't imagine there's anybody that's in this audience that hasn't heard about the crucifixion of Jesus. Probably everybody has heard of the crucifixion of Jesus. Everybody in this audience has probably heard of the resurrection of Jesus. And, and most of us have, have heard about the ascension of Jesus. We might not have thought of that as much as the crucifixion and the resurrection, but we've heard that Jesus ascended back to the Father. But what do we really know about it? He died for our sins, okay? What does that mean? Well, it means that, well, what does it mean? And so then we just, we begin to go. What, what, what is the full implication of the crucifixion, of the resurrection, of the ascension. And I think you can see what I mean is that, wow, when we really start thinking about it, 
There's so much depth that's involved there. And, and, and humanly, we can't get it. But then the next verse says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Well, what are the deep things of God? The deep things of God are, are Jesus. He is the sum total of the wisdom of God, of him coming and walking as a human being, living out his life on this earth, going to the cross, bearing our sins on the, on the cross, bearing our sicknesses and our diseases, bearing our brokenness, bearing that on the cross, but then coming back to life, being resurrected, and that we, uh, can, we consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God through the resurrection power of Jesus. And that is the deep things of God. And so, so we have that ability also to be taught by the Holy Spirit, just like the apostles did. So I feel like I need to talk about something else too, and that is that in Acts 2, the, the disciples were filled with the Spirit. 120 were filled with the Spirit, and they got it. <laughs> and from that point on, there was never a time again that they didn't get it. They got it from that point on. But just two chapters later in Acts chapter 4, well, Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. They encountered a lame man. They... Um, the lame man said, you know, he cried out for help. Peter looked at him and said, well, I don't have any silver or gold on me, but what I have I give you. Rise up and walk. And he, he was instantly healed. And he went walking and leaping and dancing and praising God. And, and people came rushing into the temple, and they were amazed. But, but Peter turned it into an opportunity to preach the gospel, and, and the number of believers grew to 5,000. Well, they were arrested and their lives were threatened. And I always say this, but I just think it's important to remember, the people threatening them were the very ones who a few weeks before that had killed Jesus. So they knew that these guys meant business. And so they went back to their company, and they prayed. And I, I, I love their prayer. They don't pray, oh, God, get us out of this mess. What they pray is, God, help us keep preaching your word. And, and God's response was, he filled them with the Spirit. Now, they were just filled with the Spirit two chapters earlier. Probably this, this probably encompasses several weeks. It may be a few months, but I think it, it, the way it reads, it feels like it's pretty quickly, probably just in a few weeks' time. And so well, God had filled them with the Spirit, but now he filled them with the Spirit again. And so what does that mean? Well, in John chapter 7, Jesus had said, that anyone that thirsts should come to him, and he would be filled with the Spirit, and out of his innermost being would flow rivers of living water. And, and that's a picture of this ongoing, on-flowing presence of the Holy Spirit. That he's, he, It's not a one-time deal. It's not a one-and-done deal, but he comes and he fills us and he refills us. In Ephesians 5.18 the scripture says that, says be being filled with the Spirit. Now, the English translation is be filled with the Spirit, but in the Greek, it has this ongoing action that is, that is intimated there. 
that we are being filled with the Spirit. And so I think all of that together, the, the experience of the apostles in Acts 4, Jesus' um, invitation in John 7, the scripture in Ephesians 5, all of that pictures for us this ongoing fillings of the Holy Spirit, that, that we are constantly being filled and refilled, that it's not a one-and-done deal, that we, it's a constant moving of the Spirit, a, a fresh filling of the Spirit. And along with the fresh filling of the Spirit, we have fresh revelation. <laughs> we have fresh insight. We, we, uh, we have things that we never knew before that now we know. And because it's the ongoing fillings of the Spirit bringing for us ongoing revelation, fresh revelation. So I, I think that, that that's a very important part for us to recognize. Because what I, uh, today, today I know so much about the Lord. Today you know so much about the Lord, and it's wonderful. But tomorrow you get to know more. <laughs> tomorrow you get to see something new. Tomorrow you get to have a fresh insight. And you realize more about God than you do today. And it's, it's ongoing. And it never ends. I've been walking with the Lord for a few years now, quite a few years. And, and it's amazing how, it's, how it's, it's new every day that God is continually giving fresh revelation, fresh insight. And that's what I want for you, is that you can experience that as well. So how is it that the Holy Spirit brings revelation. How does he do that? Well, I don't know how to say it other than he just illuminates us. He just he floods our hearts with light. And, and things that you didn't see before, all of a sudden, now you see them. It's like, wow, I never saw that before. Or, or things that you didn't know before, all of a sudden, now you realize you know it. <laughs> Or things that you didn't really understand before. Now you realize, well, I, I really understand that. that. That makes sense to me. And what happened? Well, the Holy Spirit just brought insight. He brought, he brought teaching. He taught you. I mean, he doesn't sit us in a classroom and give us a PowerPoint lecture. So how, how does he do that? How does, how does he illuminate us? Well, I think that it happens um, several ways. It happens when we're reading the Word when we're, we're just reading the Bible and, and, and suddenly we see something that we never saw before. And you think, I never saw that before. You may have read it dozens of times. And all of a sudden there's just this fresh insight, this fresh revelation. That's the Holy Spirit teaching you. So let me encourage you when that happens, this is where I think we miss it. And this kind of goes back to the parable of the sower, which is my favorite passage probably in the whole Bible. I could preach it every week if I wasn't careful. But um, it, it's just, I love that passage of Scripture. And um, I think it's so critical that we, that we um, let what we hear from God get worked deep into our hearts. So if you're reading the Scripture, suddenly you just see something brand new. What are you going to do with that? Well, I, I really encourage you to, to whatever, in, in whatever way that you do this, that you process that. I mean, I, I believe journaling is one way that you just, and you don't have to be an extensive journaler, but you can just jot down some thoughts. 
This is why I really saw this from the Lord today. Um, you know, if you don't do that, shoot a little video of yourself. Do something, but record somehow that you heard this from God today. I think that also um, we, the Holy Spirit illuminates us, hopefully, when we hear sermons and we hear teaching, that all of a sudden we just see something, we hear something, and, and boom, we get it. We didn't get it before, but now we do get it. And, and, and it's important. In fact, I really would love to see our church become a note-taking church. We have several of you that do take notes, and that, that's great. I'm glad that you do. But, um, but I, I would love to see everybody out there just taking notes because, because I think that God says things to you and, and you don't, because we're rushing on through the service, you just don't take time to process it and you lose it. But if you would just, oh, wow, I heard this and you jotted that down. Then later you went back and looked at it. You think, wow, I just remember what God said to me. I just remember what he taught me, what revelation he gave me in that service yesterday. And so I, we, we get revelation when the Holy Spirit um, speaks to us. I, one of the things I've had happen as a pastor over the years, and I, I've, this has happened to me several times, where I, when I was leaving the church, someone would say, Pastor, thank you for the message. And, um, and when you said such and such, that really touched me. And I would think, I never said such and such. I, <laughs> Uh, and I would, I would think, I know, and I've actually gone back and listened to tapes before, thinking, I don't think I ever said that. And sure enough, I never had said it. I really didn't say it. But the Holy Spirit just, because I wasn't saying the right thing, the Holy Spirit took it, and he spoke it to that person's heart. Literally, that's what happened. The Holy Spirit took the message, even though it wasn't exactly what I said, and he spoke it to their heart. So the Holy Spirit teaches us through sermons and through teachings. I think he teaches us in prayer. Sometimes I'm praying and I just, I'm saying things I never thought before. I think, wow, that's the Holy Spirit teaching us while we pray. Sometimes just going through your day, you're just driving down the road and you see something or something comes to mind or maybe something on the radio and, and boom, the Holy Spirit just gives you revelation, gives you insight. And so it's important I guess I'm saying all this because I want you to realize that's what's happening. The Holy Spirit's teaching you. And, and it's important for us to recognize, wow, the Holy Spirit is my teacher. And, we, and we, we, make, we somehow record it in our hearts. We somehow make sure that we process it and we, and we um, integrate it into our lives. The Holy Spirit teaches us. He illuminates us during worship. We're singing about God and suddenly our, just, our hearts explode and we're, we're so thankful and we see the truth of God. We see that, that he has, has uh, what he, who he is and what he's done for us. We recognize that. And then the Holy Spirit teaches us when we pray in tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, it says that when we pray in tongues, we speak mysteries. Well, first of all, let me say this. 1 Corinthians 14 is basically a teaching about, um, about tongues and prophecy and the proper use of them in the public assembly. And, and it pretty much comes down to this, that tongues is pretty much for your personal prayer life. 
Not totally, but basically that is what it's for. And, and he says when we, when we pray in tongues, we're praying mysteries. And, and the mysteries in the Greek, mysterion, is, um, you with me? <laughs> mysterion is, is different than when we think of mysteries. We think of something dark and clouded and shrouded. But in, in the Greek, mysterion means something that was hidden that's coming to light. And so when I'm praying in tongues, I, I'm praying things that I didn't know because I'm praying beyond my understanding, but now they're coming to light. Now I'm understanding them. And so as I pray in tongues, I pray things I don't know, and then I do know. They come to light. And so these are all ways that the Holy Spirit illuminates us. He, he illuminates us through reading the scriptures. He illuminates us through sermons and teachings. He illuminates us in prayer. He illuminates us in worship and just going about our days. And he illuminates us in praying in tongues. So what I want to pray for, I want to pray for you today. I am, in Acts chapter 8, it's a very fascinating story. Um, the, 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 the apostles were experiencing, well, not just the apostles, the church was experiencing persecution. And, and they, um, and people were scattered. They, they were scattered because of the persecution. The Bible says they went everywhere preaching the word. Well, Philip went to Samaria, which that in itself is a great study because the Jews were very prejudiced against Samaritans. And so one of the things the Holy Spirit did immediately was begin to break down prejudices. <laughs> I love that about the Holy Spirit. And so he broke down the prejudice and Philip went to Samaria and preached the gospel. And, and they had tremendous revival. I mean, people were healed, people were, and people were, um, demons were cast out, and, the, and whole villages were saved. And great joy. I mean, they were filled with joy. But it, the, the scripture specifically records that they were not filled with the Spirit. And so the apostles in Jerusalem immediately sent um, Peter and John to Samaria because they felt like, this is so crucial. We're glad they're saved, but they need to be filled with the Spirit. And so they went there and laid hands on them, and they were filled with the Spirit. And what I, what I get from that is, is how important it is for us to open our hearts to the working of the Holy Spirit. The disciples couldn't get the realities of the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension until they were filled with the Spirit. And so we might know the details of the crucifixion. We might know the details of the resurrection and the ascension, but we don't really get it until the Holy Spirit becomes our teacher, until he fills us and teaches us and illuminates for us the truth of God. So I, I, want, I want to pray for you today. If you've been filled with the Spirit, be like the apostles and experience a fresh filling. <laughs> In fact, it should be an ongoing process of being filled, of be, being filled with the Spirit. If you've, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, and you, you have the Spirit because of that. You can't get saved without the Spirit. But the people in Samaria were saved, but not filled with the Spirit. There needs to be that place of, of opening our hearts to say, come Holy Spirit and fill me. 
and become my teacher. Guide me into all truth. Show me Jesus. <laughs> we, we need to open our hearts to the working of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray for you that you, that you would just, that you would open your heart, that you would invite the Holy Spirit to come in, that you would open your life to his teaching, and that you would allow him to become the illuminator in your life, the revelator in your life, and that you would begin to see things about Christ that you never saw before. You begin to understand things that you haven't understood before and that you would grow because of it. That's my prayer for you today. Well, I feel like I rushed through this. I don't know why I was going so fast. Um, I'll probably hear it from my wife later. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I really I want to pray for you right now. Let's, let's all bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for the promise of the Father. Jesus called it the promise of the Father, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And here the disciples were with you, Jesus, personally, in person, but they couldn't get it. And then they were with you resurrected, and they still didn't get it. But 10 days later, when they were filled with the Spirit, it all made sense. It all came clear. And so I pray now for everyone listening today that there would be a hunger in their heart that they would just say, oh God, I want that. I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I want him to be my teacher. I want him to be my guide. I want him to illuminate truth for me. I want him to show me the realities of the cross to show me the power of the resurrection and show me the authority of the ascension. Help me see it, Holy Spirit. Be my teacher. Come and fill me today. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.